Good morning and welcome. It's good to see each one of you here. I have only one announcement, and that is that Wonderful Wednesdays begin this week for the children. It's this week that they resume. And I want to thank Sarah for being here to help us with our music today. Uh, Jessica is in is it Seattle, Portland, or Seattle, somewhere like that. Okay. okay. Let us begin our worship together. Let us pray together. Almighty God, make us loyal followers of our living Lord, that we may always hear His Word, follow His teachings, and live in His Spirit, and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. To Your eternal glory. Amen.
Let us join our voices in affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated let our children come forth at this time for children's time Good morning. You guys staying cool? It's been hot, hasn't it? Yeah? Well, we're going to talk about, this morning, we're going to talk about doing things for the first time. What were some of the very first, like, when you did something for the first time, did you ever get scared, maybe your first day of school, were a little bit worried? What if your parents had just pulled up to the driveway and said, all right, hop out, we'll see you later. They probably went in with you, or maybe you went a couple weeks early and you met your teacher. What about the first time you went swimming? Did you just pull up to the pool and jump out and dive in? No? Maybe put on some swimmies or somebody get in there with you and hold you up a little bit? What about riding a bike? How many of you guys can ride a bike? All of you ride a bike? Yeah? You can ride a little bit? What about the first time you rode a bike? Did you have any training wheels on it or did anybody stand beside you and hold you? Yeah, but those things were a little bit scary. Imagine if there wasn't anybody there to help you, right? All right, well, what if, does anybody know what this is? A bandana. You know why I have it folded this way? I can wear it. What if I wore it like this? Now what is it? A blindfold. That's right, where it looks like a Robin Hood. But what if I was to blindfold you? and tell you that all the way in the back, Kevin looking through the window back there, had a hymnal. And I wanted to turn you around three times and blindfold you and want you to go get that hymnal. You think you could, you could do it? No. No? What if I told you that we were going to do that, but I was going to hold your hand and help you? Didn't you think we could do it? Yeah? Well, what's the difference? Yeah, you actually have 
I have help. That's right. Well, we're going to talk about a story today in our in our sermon where some people just kind of left everything they knew and went somewhere that they didn't know at all. And they were kind of doing it with a blindfold on because they didn't have any idea where they were going. But they had help. Who do you think that help was? Jesus and God. That's right. And do we have that same help? Yeah. Even when you grow up and you get a little bit older, you're still going to have some things and you're going to, there's going to be things that you do and sometimes you're not always going to feel comfortable doing it or sometimes maybe you'll say, I'm taking a leap of faith. You ever heard anybody say that before? Sometimes you feel like you're doing it all alone, but you're never doing it all alone. You've just got to have faith and, and trust that what you're doing is the right thing that you're doing and he's there with us and he'll keep an eye on us. All right? So say a quick prayer and then we'll have a seat, okay? Dear Lord, we thank you for watching over us, and we thank you for being a guiding hand and being a friend. Uh, if it be your will, Lord, continue to bless us and bring us back here safely, and watch over us and continue to guide us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. first scripture lesson is going to be from Psalms chapter 19 verses 1 through 14. It reads, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other end. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy. They make wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh God, we come before you this day in offering our thanksgiving and praise. We come before you as your faithful people. And we know of your great spirit that helps and guides us through each and every day. And we know that you have shown us a way to transcend the weaknesses of the flesh and to give us new paths and, uh, to righteousness. And yet we must confess this day, O oh Lord, as we come humbly before you, that we are sinful people who choose our own way and set our, own, our minds on earthly things. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you would not remember our sins of today or the past days or even when we were young. And that in your steadfast love, you would remember us and forgive us. And remind us that the seeds of the kingdom have been put into our hands. That we've been called to build up the church. So empower us again this day by your Holy Spirit. That we may fulfill the task that is set before us. And that we may bring all those that we know within our sphere of influence into the knowledge and love of you. We know that your mercy is on and for all. And we pray this day that you'd show special, especially your mercy on those who in our midst to suffer from body, mind, or spirit. There are many who are listed on our prayer list. And we pray for each one of those, O oh Lord, and we pray for those in our hearts now. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would make them whole in your way, the way you know is best, and that you would help us to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things. Hear us, O oh God, and answer as we pray, for we pray in the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
sees me singing. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word is found in Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. There I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. And Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there, from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he also built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord. And then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us each and every day, but especially thank you for your spirit that is with us as we've gathered to worship you. Help us and understand how old our faith is, how it began with the faithfulness of one man, and how the faithfulness of that one man to the call on his life was passed down through generations successfully until even this day. We are indeed in awe of you, O Lord, and all that your hand wroughts for us. Amen. Uh, this today, in the next two weeks, I'm going to just do a little bit of talking about Abram, who we know is Abraham, and Sarah, who we know is Sarah, and, and their journey. The first 11 chapters of Genesis it really covers a great deal of history. It covers, of course, the creation story, the, the fall from grace, the flood, and it has the beginnings of the covenant relationship between God and His chosen people. And then the next 14 chapters of Genesis deal really with Abram, who we know as Abraham. And besides the Lord Jesus Christ, Abraham is the most important figure in the Bible. He is dear to all peoples who believe in God, Jews, Muslims, and Christians alike. And there's much to be learned from this man and what God did in his life. And I think we can learn a lot by just starting where Abram started. 
And that's where we all start at one time or another, and that is with God's call, God's Spirit drawing our spirit to Him. God's call on our life. What does that mean, God's call on our life? Well, all of us, I believe, have a calling in our life to build up God's kingdom. And God is calling us all to something, to some task and some effort. For example, God might be calling us simply to a right relationship with Him. Uh, or God it may be calling us to be witnesses for Him. The thing is, we're all called, and we've all been given a gift to be used for the building of the kingdom. But I have found that many have a hard time with this because they feel like God must, be make, must have made a mistake. Me? Calling me, Lord? I don't think so. I've done this or that, or I can't do this or that, or I'm not good at this or that. But you see, God is still calling us. That's because it's not about who we are, but it's about what God wants to accomplish through us. If you think about Abram, who was Abram? Abram was just one man out of many, many who lived in that part of the world. And the only thing we really know about him before God called him was that he was part of an idol-worshiping family. Joshua 24 says that Terah, the father of Abraham, served other gods. So Abram was raised in an idol-worshiping household. Doesn't sound really like someone who God would later make the father of all believers. But that's how God works. You see, God does not call any of us based on who or what we are, but rather on who God is going to make us into what God can make us become, what God sees in us, the potential God sees uh, in us. There was really nothing about Abram that made him stand out. And that's, that's true about any of us. There is, there is nothing in us, for example, that makes us worthy of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And yet we have been recipients of that wonderful grace. It's important to remember that God's call on our life means that God desires to call us. That God wants to work with us where we are and begin to lead us to the place that God desires us to be and to become all that God wants us to become as part of the kingdom of God. So God wants to take each one of us from where we are to a place in life that God will show us. And the key is, are we willing to go? Are we willing to let God lead us? Now you see, in this story with Abram, details aren't needed and details aren't given. It's God's call, remember, not Abram's. It's God's call, not ours. It's not about us, but it's about God and His call. And a lot of people have a problem with that because that means they have to suppress their free will a little bit and humble themselves and, and listen and follow the Lord's leanings. One of the reasons I believe that so many people are not reaching the potential 
of, of the abundant life that the Lord has promised us is because they're not fulfilling God's call in their life because they don't want to make not one sacrifice. And you see, God's call requires sacrifice. Anytime we are going to follow the will of God, it requires a separation from something. Now think about Abram. In his case, it was a separation from his past. It was a separation from his family. And these were not easy things to do. In fact, if you pay close attention to the reading of the Scripture, you will understand that Abram didn't fully answer the call the first time. Let me show you what I'm talking about. As recorded in Acts, uh, it says, The glory of God appeared to our father Abraham when he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. And he said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and come into the land I will show you. And so Abram left the land of the Chaldeans and sailed in Haran. And from there, God had him moved to this country in which you're now living. So you see what happened was that God called Abram. Abram responded halfway. He responded halfway. And I think that's one of the issues with us today is we'll hear God's call, we'll begin to follow the call, and He will only go halfway. We'll stop before it's complete. We'll stop before God has worked what He wants to work in our life. For whatever reason, Abram decided not to go all the way to, her, to, uh, to Haran. I mean, from Haran to the Promised Land. He, he first, he, he left, he went, and then he went again. But you see, the point is this, is that God would not settle for Abram's half-hearted effort. Why do you think that the Lord wanted him to move on? There's several reasons, I think. But one is that the place that he settled halfway there was a much, very much like the place he came from. Both of these places practice idol worship with a moon god. You see, God wants and knows that for Abram to fulfill the call in his life, he's got to give this up completely. He's got to leave all that is familiar. And so we see God working on Abram in time over a period of time, removing Abram from his comfort zone, removing Abram from his idolatrous surroundings. God takes Abram away from all those things that might hindrance him so that he can be blessed and become a blessing to others. Bring it back to us. If you and I are going to truly pursue God's call on our life, if we're going to go further than just halfway, we must be willing to give up those things that hold us back. There are things that hold us back from answering God's call on our life. Jesus said it this way. It might sound more familiar. Jesus said, we must deny ourselves daily, pick up our cross, and follow Him. 
You see, we cannot do it halfway. Many of us have fallen short of what God is calling us to do. Many of us feel that it's too late for us to do anything else for God's kingdom. Sometimes I believe that the church is a little bit like a halfway house. We got halfway out of our idol-worshiping world and out of all those things that hinder us from our past, and we got into the church. But we never have gone the next step, which is to go out of the church and to do God's mission and ministry. We've stuck in a halfway place. We're stuck because we think that God has no use for us now. But it's not true. God has many uses for each of you. I could go down the line here and look at each one of you and say, here's something that you could do. Here's a thing that you could do to build up the kingdom. God has called you for a purpose, not just to come into the halfway house, but to leave and to go about building up His kingdom. Part of the reason we don't press on with it is because of our past. Let's face it, we all have a hard time separating from our past. We get hung up on our past. We get hung up clinging to past sins. We get hung up clinging to old problems. We, we, some, we don't really believe we're forgiven sometimes. And if we don't believe we're forgiven, there's no way that we feel like we have anything to offer. And yet it is these very things in our past, these very roots of problems that we all have, is what God is trying to get us to come away from. God wants us to come away from those past things, from those past hindrances. God wants us to give up those things that hinder us. And God does not give up. He keeps after us and after us and after us. You see, you're not even safe in the halfway house. Some preacher like me will remind you that God's got more for you to do. You know, I can't explain why I am here except one way, and that's that God didn't give up on me that God kept pursuing me until I did what He wanted me to do. He did not give up on me. He won't give up on me. He won't give up on you. One of the great, great verses that has carried me through the years is Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God doesn't start a good work and then leave it hanging. God continues to move you to where He wants you to be. So God's not going to give up on you, and God's not going to stop pursuing you, so you need to give in and realize what God wants to give to you. You see, God's call comes with something else. Listen to the story again of Abram. God's call on Abram's life came with certain promises. God promised Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. That's a promise for us all. 
God promises to bless you when you fulfill His callings on your life. Abram was told, I will make your name great. God took the word Abram and changed it to Abraham. He took him from his family. He took him from his homeland. He took the identity he had as an idol-worshiping person and gave him a greater name and a greater identity. Abraham. And that name is so great that some several thousand years later, we're still speaking about it. We're still talking about him. God said, I will bless you and I will make your name great. These are blessings that God gives to us. And then God said to Abram, I will make you a blessing. That's a promise for all of us. I will make you a blessing. God would make Abram into a person who would bless others. Abram would be a blessing to all the families of the earth because it was Abram and his faith to follow and to believe God's leading on his life that created the covenant relationship, the people of God that we are part of today. You see, it, it is the, the people of the covenant did nothing to inherit God's favor. It was all in keeping His word to Abram. You and I did nothing to deserve a Savior. It was all in keeping His word to Abram. It is within Abram's line that we have our Lord. Now, friends, you can always come up with excuses. And I tell you, I know there's somebody out here right now thinking, well, I still don't know what God's calling me to do. You come see me, I'll tell you. I'll give you some suggestions. There's so many needs that the church has. So many needs where you can either volunteer or serve or give. There's so many ways that you can be effective outside of this halfway house in this halfway time on Sunday mornings. And you can come up with all kind of what is if you want to. And Abram could have. Abram could have said the same things that we say today. Abram could have said, what if I mess up? What if I mess up? You know what God says to that? Grace. Grace. Wonderful grace. What if I mess up? I've heard this a lot sometimes in the church and as we'll decide to maybe we're going to go do something or whatever and people say, well, don't I need about 14 different committees' permissions? And I said, no, God has given us permission. Let's go do it and we can ask for forgiveness later. Go do it. What if I mess up? I have saved you, the Lord says. What if I lack faith sometimes? Well, if you did, didn't lack faith sometimes, you wouldn't be human. But God has the same word back at you for that. I have saved you. You see, it's all based on who God is, not on who we are. God maintains His calling on our life. Our responsibility is to follow Him with faith. 
God maintains His calling on my life. My responsibility is to follow Him with faith. Abram did not know where he was going. The Lord said, I'm sending you to a land that I will show you. Abram didn't say, as sometimes people say in the church, well, explain to me how this is to work. God's going to supply you with those instructions. Abram didn't say, well, Lord, could you send me some pictures of this promised land that you're sending me to first? This is, a, this is an aside, and I got time. When you go on a trip to the Holy Land, and it, well, it depends on the itinerary, but the trip that I took on the Holy Land, we stood on the on Mount, um, is it Nebo or Pisgah? I can't remember which one it is now. But anyway, we stood where you look across the Jordan Valley into the Promised Land. My friends, it is the most desolate looking place you'll ever see. I can imagine when Abraham finally got to that point and looked across. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine what he was thinking. This is where I've been all this journey for. You know, he didn't, this, people want to know where, you know, nowadays if you tell somebody to come meet them somewhere, do something, they want to know the coordinates so they can put them in their GPS, right? I can imagine Abram telling God, God, you've got to give me the coordinates so I can find my way there without any problems. No. Nope. Just go. Just go. To a land that I'll show you. To a place that I'll show you. To the calling I'm showing you to. To the service or mission or ministry I'm calling you to. Abram was going to become a great nation. He could have said, what if? I've got no children, Lord. My wife is barren. I'm 75 years old. He didn't say that. He followed God. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't make mistakes. I'm not saying he didn't question a few things. He was just beginning his journey with God. We are, in effect, just beginning a journey with God. There's so many things we still need to learn. There's so many mistakes that we'll make. But the bottom line verse, in my opinion, in this scripture, is where when he was told all this, it says, Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken. Abram went forth on blind faith. He trusted God just because God said. How many of you ever had any kids around? grandkids or kids of your own and how many times have you said well why do I have to do that because I said so right trusting God is a little bit like that we have to have childlike faith and believe that just like our parents wish the best for us our creator wished the best for us Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken trusting God because God had said, I am going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you this land. You'll be a blessing to all the peoples on earth. My friends, God is calling some of us today to serve. God is calling some of us to contribute. God is calling some of us out of a life of sin and addiction. God is calling some of us 
simply because he knows you could even be better than you are. God calls us. God desires to lead us. And the question we always have to ask ourselves is will we step out in faith? Or will we come up with every roadblock and every excuse under the sun not to answer God's nudging? God's nudging on our life. Listen, I've learned a long time ago to quit trying to figure out why God would call you somewhere. I, I, I quit trying to figure out what it is that even God wants me to do. I now just try to listen for a nudging. I try to be in tune to see where God is going and then I try to catch up. Are you willing to sacrifice those things that keep you from going out of the halfway house all the way? Are you ready to receive all those blessings that God promises to all those who respond in faith? Are you ready to take the gift that God has gifted you? And everybody here has a gift. And not everyone has the same gift. I see that every day. Some have gifts of compassion. Others have gifts of organization. People have differing gifts. They don't all have the same. But they've all been given these gifts to build up God's kingdom on earth and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. Let me pray. Lord, take our hands. Let us feel your presence. Let us know that you only want to lead us to the promised land. Lead us where you'd have us to go. Help us always to use the gift you've given us to work for your glory and for your glory only. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.
receive now the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Almighty and Eternal Triune God, one God, now and forever. Amen.